Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Matthew, the 28th chapter, verse 18, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. And so uh, this is something that I actually was May of 2015 talked about and uh, touched and went back to it a little bit later in the year. But um, like I said, the Lord brought this back to my attention to come back to. How many know it's not, success is not in the things we've heard, it's what we're actually doing, what we're putting into practice in our life. And so there's not a single area where we just hear it once and we're done with it. We always need to be encouraged in things and reminded of things. And so uh, this particular subject is something that is uh, uh, something that's actually very important to me, and really such an important part of the church. Jesus here gave this. We know this as the Great Commission. This is how it's titled in our Bibles, and and the thing that uh, we refer to it as. But there's such. Uh, 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 this was Jesus's last instructions for the church as he departed. How many think his last words, closing comments, closing thoughts are important? And so these are things he instructed the church to do. And he said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. And it's for a purpose. Verse 19, go there, go therefore, go with what? All authority that's been given to him on heaven and earth. We're to go therefore and what? Make disciples of all nations. And so this idea of making disciples is something that is extremely important to Jesus. You know, we all agree that uh, he came to seek and save that which was lost. He, we know that he came and gave his life so that people could trust in him and be born again. But how many know that that's not what Jesus instructed them to do? He didn't say go out and make converts. He said go out and make disciples. And a convert and a disciple are two different things. They're very different things. I know for a fact I've been around people that believe in Jesus, but I would not describe them as a disciple. And the truth is, you know, in all of our lives, we have areas where we're believers, followers of him, but maybe not disciples in different areas. Can we be honest and real for a minute? And, uh, and so the, the word here says Jesus gave instruction to go out and make disciples of all nations. Making disciples and not just believers is one of the core jobs of the church. In fact, it is the reason why you and I are still here. It's to make disciples, to make people who are true followers of Christ in every area. And so uh, this is something, like I said, the Lord brought back to my attention that we need to look at again. And, uh, you know, uh, like I said, it's an important, important, important thing. You know, like I said, that you can be a believer and not be a disciple. We pastor's been talking on money, uh, teaching on finances here recently, the, the dangers of finances and different things. He gave the story. Uh, he read where Jesus was giving the parable of the sower, talking about the deceitfulness of riches. And in that parable, if you go back in that chapter and read in the, earlier in the chapter, he spoke to the multitudes. Multitudes came out to hear what Jesus had to say. And so he taught in a parable or in a story. But when, it was, when he was done, the disciples didn't know what he was talking about. It's probably true that most of the people in the crowd that day, multitudes, so many people that he had to push away from the shore. That's not just three or four or, or even 20 or 30. That's a bunch of people. He had to get into a boat, go push out from the shore to be able to get away from them, to be able to speak to them, to be able to address the whole crowd. It was a multitude. A crowd was there. Yet when it was over, only a handful stayed around to find out what he meant about it. 
what was his purpose. How many think that, that the truth of the parable of the sower that Jesus explained that pastor's been talking about, the, uh, 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 how the enemy comes to steal the word, his tactics. How many think that's kind of important? How many believe it was God's des- or Jesus's desire that they all get that? But how many know it was only to those who were actually disciples, not followers? Now, they followed him out into the, into the wilderness and by the sea, but only real disciples came to hear what it actually meant. There's a difference between followers and disciples. And really, as a church, you know, uh, uh, in order for us to accomplish all that God has called us to do, we need to be ever-growing our, yes, developing followers, getting people born again, but also moving them from, from accepting Christ to then being a true disciple of him, someone that follows after him, not just in a haphazard way, but goes after him and wants to know what does he mean, how does this apply, what do I do with it, that are interested just beyond the go, to go beyond the surface to get into what really, how does this apply to my life? We need that. If we're going to really go where God has called us, we need to be ever increasing our, our circle of true disciples. People that are really disciples and not just mere members of the body. Thank God for members of the body, but we need disciples. Amen. And so just in review, what is a disciple? Go over to uh, Acts chapter 16. And there's, there's a lot of different things you could, you could, attributes you can list here, and we won't go into all of them, and we've talked about some of those in the past, but uh, this is something that, that applies to tonight, and I think this is important for us to look at. In Acts, the 16th chapter, we have the, the, an account of Timothy uh, being, being uh, raised up to uh, go with uh, Paul and Silas, and Timothy was a great blessing to them and really accomplished a lot for the kingdom of God. It says in Acts 16, the first chapter, then he came to Derby and Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a certain Jewish woman who believed, but his father was a Greek. And he was well spoken of by the brethren who were at Lystra and Iconium. Paul, verse 3, Paul wanted to have him go on with him. And he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in that region. For they knew that his father was a Greek. And as they went through the cities, they delivered to them the, the, the decrees to keep, which were determined by the apostles and elders of Jerusalem. So the churches were strengthened in the faith and increased in number daily. And so they, this was the pattern the church was growing. And so we can see as a result of this, of Timothy's being added to the team here, that the churches were growing and being strengthened. We want, do we want to grow and be strengthened? But notice it says that there was a certain disciple there named Timothy. Now, what was it that made Timothy stand out from the rest of them? Was he uh, exceptionally good looking or did he have the best donkey to ride on? I have no idea. But it says it, it, it signified him as a disciple. And it goes on to say one of the things about a disciple, someone who's really a disciple, is shown right here in these verses. It said that he was a disciple and that uh, Paul wanted him to go with him, so he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who are in that region, for they knew that his father was a Greek. Disciples are people that are willing to do things for somebody else. We have a light that's going out. If you're wondering what that is, it's, it's flashing on us. So don't be distracted by it. But disciples are people that are willing to go beyond and do things that are not for their own benefit, but for somebody else's. And that, that is a huge key to, in something to see, listen, if you're looking to be promoted in the kingdom of God, you don't, it doesn't happen by forcing your way and it goes by, it happens. One of the main things is by being someone who's willing to go the extra mile and do stuff that's not just for you is for, because you have a heart for people, right? 
You know, there, there's an analogy. We have our military. You know, thank God for our military. And these are people that are willing to live their lives for a greater good and not just live based on their own needs and what they want to do. They do it for somebody else. Now, our, our nation would be de- very different if we didn't have our military, soldiers who represented us. We have it this week. There's been a lot of talk. We have a, the nation of North Korea that, that is, uh, you know, uh, uh, bolstering themselves and, and trying to, and wanting to intimidate the U.S. and trying to get into things that they really ought not be involved in. It's funny, you know, North Korea, these are people that, that uh, they're amazing. It's an amazing, amazing nation. I don't know if you knew this or not. These people are, are spectacular. They've actually landed people on the surface of the sun. They had a news article in uh, North Korea. They only have 12 websites on their internet in North Korea. They're all state-run uh, uh, sites, and they've actually landed somebody on the surface of the sun. They're pretty spectacular, aren't they? But anyway, you know, it took them 18 minutes to get there and back. But anyway, uh, these are people that, that they hate us, and they are determined to destroy us. They don't like anything that we stand for. They stand for control. And, and if you know anything about that region, those people there are are, 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 are suffering tremendously. And there are people that they don't like what we stand for. They don't want freedom to be in North Korea. And so they are positioning themselves to oppose us. Well, if it wasn't for our military, people who are willing to say, no, you can't do that. Then, and, and to go above and beyond what's necessary, we could be in danger from people like that. And I believe the grace of God will intervene as well in this situation. But, but you know, we need people who are willing to stand up for the, the good of others and what's necessary for others and not do the bare minimum. Jesus didn't do the bare minimum. We, we cannot have believers who just want to do what applies to them. How many realize that that is not a recipe for success? It's not a recipe for success for the individual nor for the church. The body of Christ as a whole, we have to have people who are willing to go above and beyond and to do something for the benefit of somebody else. That is a disciple. Now, Jesus himself was somebody that was willing to do above and beyond. I mean, Jesus had a pretty good setup before, yet he laid all that aside. What for us? And so we're to be imitators of God. And whatever Jesus did, we see the heart of the Father. Jesus did things for our benefit. We need to be motivated to do things for other people's benefit. You know, this is not something that is reserved for ministers and, and people in, in full-time ministry. This is a calling of the church. It's part of the Great Commission. He wasn't just speaking to a certain. He was speaking to those who were disciples, go out and make disciples. It it is something that is, he he was assuming these people were willing to lay their lives down. If you know the people he talked to in Matthew, many of them did lay their very lives down to accomplish what he had asked them to do. And so we're in desperate need of having people who are true disciples of Christ. And so it's a mandate of the church. It, it is not just a suggestion, it's a mandate. I personally believe it's one of the things that we will give an account for of our lives. Pastor's been talking about finances. He's not gonna, he doesn't care what kind of car you drive. When it's all said and done, he won't, he won't care how many houses you owned or, or where you vacationed, but what did you do with your life? What did you impart in somebody else? What did you do with what I gave you? Right? What did you do with that? You know, and I, and I really believe, you know, that, that we've got this a side note, but in general, we have to begin to start living life from a different, different perspective. This is not the end. 
There is more that's coming. There's more at stake. Listen, what's ahead of us is too great to sacrifice for mere convenience today. It's so important. It's so important. Every single one of us are where we are by the grace of God and the sacrifice of someone else. Because in and of himself, God can do nothing without human participation. Every last person here tonight is here because, yes, Jesus came and died, sent by the Father. But somebody else cared enough to present the gospel to where you heard it. Every person, every person is here for that reason. We've got to begin to start to live life. And yes, God wants us to enjoy life. But I can tell you this, having experienced it, there is no greater enjoyment in life than seeing people get a hold of the truth of God's word and see it applied in their lives and see God begin to move and change families. Ones that were used to be a wreck, now we're going somewhere that are producing something. I mean, our own family was a straight up mess. BC before Christ, right? This woman, it's hard to believe, but she was a mess. He, he was the bigger mess, right? Not her. No, that's right. Okay. You know, listen, the enemy's come to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus come that we might have life and have it more abundantly. That's what he wants for people, but somebody's got to take it out there. People have got to be willing to lay their lives down for this. I know you know, we, we you talk about things that require sacrifice and require uh, 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 doing things outside of what's convenient. I know it may not be the most popular things, but it is the very bedrock of Christianity. It is. It's the bedrock of who we are. It's the bedrock of who we are. It's the very example in life that our precious Jesus lived. He laid these things aside. Why? For us. I can tell you, we also have his own words on it. And there's nobody who's left mothers and fathers and brothers and sisters and homes and lands in this life that won't receive a hundredfold in this life and the life which is to come. Listen, God will pay up. He will bless you, but you still have got to be willing to do whatever he asks you to do. And there's a life coming that what we have then will be a result of what we do today. I'm telling you, this is important. And I tell you, there's such a need. There is such a need in this area. There is such a need in this area for people who are willing to go the extra mile to invest in somebody else and go out of their way to put somebody else's need ahead of theirs and to give of themselves. There is such a need for that. You know, there's a need in our own church for that. Let's be honest. Has anybody here ever needed something that it came through somebody else? Let me see some hands. Look around the room. You've needed things probably more than once. You might have even needed it more than once this last week. I can tell you this, you know, I've grown up in a pastor's home since I was five. I've seen a lot of stuff. You know, there, there is, and this is a side note, but there is a law that's out there, a spiritual law called sowing and reaping. It's a spiritual law. In fact, we see it in the natural realm. Whatever you sow, you're going to reap. We see it. It's just at work. It's a spiritual law. And there's different ways of even approaching this. Listen, if, unless you, anybody got it all figured out? If you raise your hand, we'll pray for it if you're lying because there's an area that you don't have figured out, right? None of us have got it all figured out, myself included. None of us have it all figured out. 
I can tell you this myself personally, you know, uh, just looking back in my own life over the last just few years, there are some things I see so differently now than I did just a few years ago. God has opened my eyes and, and, and I've been able to see things. Sometimes it's just been a matter that the Lord's taken me around to a different side of the mountain on a subject and suddenly, oh, oh boy, okay. The minute I thought I knew everything, God, okay, you just blew my mind because I didn't even, I couldn't even dream that was possible. So none of us have got it all figured out. All of us are going to need help at some point. Now, thank God we have Jesus, but how many of you know, all of us aren't always listening to Jesus as clearly as we should. Can I get an amen? amen? Not everybody's always as in tune to the spirit as we should be. And he has people that are there to, that's why we're here is to help one another. Right? To encourage one another, to be, to disciple each other. Everybody here needs discipling. No one's grown to the point where you don't need someone to speak into your life. But I've done this. I've been around a long time. And the ones that seem to never have anyone to help them are the ones who are never available to help somebody else. It's the truth. The ones who seem like, you know, just they, or they say, that's you really not the case because the grace of God is bigger than all of that. Sometimes people don't want the help they got because they don't like what the help looks like. Or they don't like how the help sounds or what the help actually is. They really don't want help. They want somebody to pat them on the back and say, it's all right. Well, that's another point, another, another, another message though, right? But you got to be willing to do this. If you, if you think you're ever going to need it, you got to be willing to, some, to be someone who, needs, who does this. To give it if you expect to receive it. Now, God is grace. He's merciful. But, but I don't know about you. It's better to not have to always depend upon the grace of God because we've or mercy of God, because we've just been missing it and been hard-headed. It, wouldn't it be better on some areas to, okay, I, I know I can depend upon his mercy because I'm sowing in that area. Amen. Disciples are needed. We're, we have such a need for that in the kingdom of God right now. Timothy, what made him different? He was a disciple. He was willing to do what was needed for somebody else and not just himself. And so, you know, it's important that, that we... Uh, 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 make this our, our aim. Keep this in front of us that we're willing to look for the good of somebody else. Imagine a church or a community where people are looking out for the benefit of one another. What would that look like? It would look real good. It'd look a lot like a place that we're going called heaven, right? It'd look a lot like that. Go back with me to, to Matthew chapter, chapter 28. So who did Jesus give this instruction to? He gave it to, who did he tell to make disciples to? Was it just random people? No. Did he just get on Instagram and just put a picture out of, with his thumbs up and says, make disciples? No. He was very specific. In the 28th chapter, verse 16, then the 11 disciples went away into Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. When they saw him, they were, they worshiped him. Some doubted, and that's referring to the, uh, the time there in, in John where it gives the, the account of Thomas who didn't have one of his better days, but we can't judge Thomas because we've been there, right? And the verse 18, he, and then he came and spoke to them saying these things. So he spoke to disciples. The ability to make a disciples is up to people who are disciples. Listen, every one of us are reproducing who we are. 
Every one of us are reproducing ourselves in one way or another. We're reproducing ourselves. There's also a spiritual law in Genesis when he made the animals and the birds. They, each one reproduced after its own kind. Dogs beget dogs, right? I mean, whatever it is, they reproduce after themselves. And so everybody's reproducing after themselves. And so only a disciple can make a disciple. Only a disciple can do this. Someone who's willing to, do, willing to, to lay things aside and put the good of somebody else ahead of themselves. Only that person can instill that into somebody else. So as we're talking tonight, just, just evaluate where are you at and, and make some adjustments where you need to make adjustments. It'll be a blessing to you. It'll also be a major help to somebody else. So we're all reproducing after ourselves. And I would just say this, reproduce well. You know, we have to be intentional about what we're putting into the lives of other people. We have to be intentional about what we're doing. You know, the best flight instructors are those who are good pilots first. If you're going to learn to fly, aren't you glad that when you get on a plane and go somewhere that that, that, that pilot learned from a flight instructor who had proven themselves to know how to fly? They didn't learn by just opening up a book that said this is how you fly a plane. I, if they did, I'm not getting in their plane, right? A good pilot, a good, instru- a good, a good uh, 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 instructor is one who already knows how to fly themselves. So these things that you see, we've got to do this in our lives first if we're going to be able to do it in somebody else. A good teacher is someone who is themselves teachable, right? Because there's a thing called continuing education that goes on. And so if you're not continually educating yourself and remaining open, then you can't impart what you know to somebody else. And so we have to, to make sure that we are uh, careful to keep our hearts uh, open and, re- and responsive to him. He said here in the 28th chapter, he said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Then he told them to go, to go out and do something. So that authority that is there, uh, uh, our ability to use that authority is limited to our submission to that authority. Our ability to use his authority is limited to our, to our ability to submit to his authority. Now, we talk about disciples. You know, it's not just a pet subject of mine. I really believe it's something that's important for the church. And after all, Jesus did say it. And so, you know, there has been a, we, our church, we, we talk about authority, the authority that belongs to us, that Jesus has given us. Your ability to use that authority is really uh, tied to your submission to it. If you want an answer in an area of your life, make sure, look and see, are you submitted to him in other areas? Examine where you're at. Are, are you submitted? And the only reason I say this is because the need of discipleship is huge. It really is huge. It's a huge need in our church and in the body of Christ, people to invest in others. You've got to be willing to submit to this mandate if you're, if you're going to be able to use that authority that's given to you. Becoming a disciple isn't about obtaining a certain level of scripture knowledge. It's not a, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's about, uh, allowing Jesus to be the Lord of your life. That's where it starts is allowing him to call the shots. Not my will, but your will be done. Not what I want to do, but what do you want me to do? Right. It's not about knowing all of your verses. That's good to know verses, but being submitted to him and letting Jesus, allowing him to be the Lord of your life. You know, Paul said, we know this scripture in first Corinthians. He said, uh, he said, uh, I have been cru- in Galatians rather 20. So I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who lives, but 
Christ who lives in me. How, how was Paul able to do what he did and, and, and bring up all these churches and do these things? He lived a submitted life. He lived a submitted life. He, he recognized Jesus was Lord of his life, was willing to do whatever he asked. And this is an area where we must submit ourselves to him. Disciples are needed. Go to, to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians, the fourth chapter. Now, this is uh, some verses here the Lord has drawn me to, and I want to look at these tonight. And these are, are verses that we know. And, uh, uh, but we're just going to go through this, these in Ephesians, the fourth chapter, verse one, it says, I, therefore prisoner of the Lord. Now I will say this. Think about Paul writing here. Paul, this is one of the prison epistles. Paul was locked up and in jail. Tell about somebody who's willing to invest in somebody else. He's in prison, but he's trying to encourage and instruct them. Huh. <laughs> I want to be used by God. Are you willing to write a prison epistle? Right? We all have areas where we feel like we're, we're under lock and key of things. <laughs> right? Are you willing to do what's required, even when maybe the circumstances aren't the best for you? But he says, I, therefore. Notice he didn't even say a prisoner of Rome. He said a prisoner of the Lord. Beseech you. Now that word beseech is to implore, to urgently implore, to, to beg earnestly for, to make an urgent appeal. He said, I beseech you. He's begging them to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. Now that word calling, he said, walk worthy of the calling. The King James of that says vocation. Really what that is, it's a divine invitation for service. Now, remember, going back to the Great Commission, go out and make disciples. It's a calling. He said it's a divine invitation for service. He said, I beseech you to walk worthy of that divine invitation for service with which you were called. That word called means invited or appointed. Now, every person has had that call given to them. Every person has that invitation for service that has been sent out by Jesus. He said, with, uh, with low, all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love. The word lowliness means humility of mind. That means being of the mind where we don't think we are too good for something or, t- or some situation. None of us are too good to get involved in a situation, this invitation for service. Verse 3, endeavoring which means uh, uh, being diligent to make effort, to be earnest, to be prompt, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. So this was something that, that was very real to Paul. By the Holy Spirit, he was begging them to walk worthy of this calling, this invitation. You can say tonight, I'm begging you to, to, to accept and to walk worthy of this invitation that's been given, this assignment that's been given to us. I'm begging you to do that. Someone's life is dependent upon it. And it could be very well your own when it's all said and done. To take this invitation. He goes on to say, verse 4, There is one body, one spirit, just as you were called into one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. There's a lot of ones there. There's one body, one spirit, 
One hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God. That just, that just tells us that this is not open for interpretation. It's not open for us to put our own spin on things. There is one truth that's out there. There is one body, one spirit, just as you were called into one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Now, this grace he's talking about is the ability to walk worthy of the calling with which we were called, the divine invitation for service that we've been given. Notice it says, to each one, grace was given. How many each ones do we have here? Everybody's in each one, right? That means to every individual, grace was given in this area. Do you realize you have grace in your life to do this? Every person has been graced by God to accept this invitation for service to make not just converts, but actual disciples to become one and to reproduce that after themselves. There is a grace upon your life to do that. Now we know God's grace is amazing and it's, it's incredible. If it's incredible in any area, it's incredible in this area. It's overwhelming in this area as well. There is an overwhelming amount of grace that is powerful that can do big stuff in your life in this area to take this invitation and run with it. You're all grace for it. I can't tell you how many times I've heard, well, it's not my personality. Your personality does not overcome the grace of God. I don't know about you, I'm grateful that my personality is not bigger than God's grace. Because my personality sometimes stinks. My mother said, amen. All of us have areas of our lives that aren't what they should be. It doesn't overcome the grace of God. And in this area, grace, or your, your, whatever the situation is, doesn't override the grace of God in your life. To each one of us, grace has been given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Well, I don't know what Christ's gift is to me. I don't either. But I know you have one. And any part of the grace of God is far bigger than whatever you're going to come up against. Right? Verse 8, therefore he said when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Now this, verse 9, he ascended. What does it mean? But he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth. He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the, all the heavens that he might fulfill or fill all things. Verse 11, and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Now, he brings uh, um, uh, 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 light to these offices and these various gifts, these specific gifts that were given. He brings special interest to these things. And so they're important in our lives. And before I can go any further, I've got to say this. Listen, the, the, the calling, invitation to service to disciple and someone else to instill. Notice he said, teaching them to observe all things that I've instructed you. That teaching that's there to impart those things. How many know you teach partly by living? More instruction is given by example than is words. You ever been told to do something by somebody who wasn't doing it? How much weight did that carry in your life? Actually, instead of zero, you kind of wanted to run the other direction, didn't you? How about you? I'm like, forget that, right? But, but he brings special uh, uh, attention to this. Now, we have been called to disciple, but I do want to say this. Listen, he's not calling us to pastor one another. There's a difference. 
when discipling somebody, we'll get into in a minute more of what the description is or what he's called us to do here, where this great, what this grace is for. But how many realize that, that discipling one another doesn't mean we begin pastoring each other. He puts specific gifts in the, in the church to do a specific job and there's grace there to do it. And so let the ones who have the grace upon them to do that, let them do it. Well, how do I know if you're becoming somebody's pastor? Well, if they start calling you pastor, then you might've crossed that line. But how about this? How about your word starts carrying more weight of the one God put in their lives to do that job? You're crossing a line, right? You're crossing a line if you do that. You're getting into something you're not graced for. We all have to make sure we stay in the where, where God has called us. So we've been called to disciple people, but we're not called to pastor one another. Because you can get into a whole lot of problems if that happens. Plus, you don't want to, listen, you don't want the responsibility of that. Hebrews talks about those people must give an account. They don't just answer for themselves. They also answer for what other people do. We, we don't want to get into that if you're not called to do that, right? But he said he gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. What or why? Verse 12, for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. We, 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 we've had this idea in the, in the body of Christ for too long that it's up to those gifts to do everything. No, they're there to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. How many know that investing in somebody else is work? It is work. But you're equipped to do it. You've been equipped to do it. The equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Part of discipling is to edify one another. What does it mean to build one another up? Everybody can do that. Everybody can encourage. Everybody can be looking for opportunities to impart grace to the hearer. Something that would strengthen and to encourage and to build them up, right? For the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Why, or for what reason? Till we all come. How many? All. I've said this before. Where we go, we go together. Where we go, we go together. As a church, where Impact Family Church goes, we go together. And so we have got to make sure we're taking everybody along with us. Every person God has called it, we must go together. Till we all come to the unity of the faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man. That just means a mature or wholehearted individual. To the measure of the, of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Can anybody tell we have a lot of work to do? We all have work to do, even in our own lives, right? Verse 14, that we should no longer be children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. How I many realize there's a lot of stuff out there that's there just to trip people up? Has anybody ever gone through something that the enemy put out there, a thought that came that was just there to trip you up and you realize later what it was? That stuff is all around us. Part of discipling is, is staying aware of, of the leading of the Spirit and helping encourage people in the direction that they need, they need to go and helping to teach them to do the things and observe the things that we've been taught to do, that the Word teaches us to do. Because there's a lot of stuff out there that's trying to get people's attention. Listen, if somebody falls into something where they're deceived, don't give up on them. If they get a crazy idea, don't just write them off as insane. That's an invitation to get involved there. That's an invitation to begin to first start praying for them. 
But invest. Go out of your, dare say, go out of your way to encourage them, to edify them in that area. Do you think Jesus would be honored by that? Yeah, I believe so. That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into into all things into him who is the head Christ. Now, for a long time, I'll be honest with you, when I was speaking the truth in love, there has been this, uh, 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 I think this, and I've I've thought of it this way before as well. Speaking the truth, I'm just going to tell somebody where there's missing it. I'm going to do it with a smile. I'm going to do it in love. Just because we see an area where somebody's falling short doesn't mean we have to get involved to correct it. You do realize what I just said was true, right? Just because you see something, I've been talking about judging. We'll get back to everybody's favorite topic at one, at one point, right? Uh, <laughs> recently, I was talking about judging. Just because you see a problem doesn't mean it's your job to point it out. If it was, then Jesus would point out every area where we're missing it all the time. I don't know about you, but if, if Jesus did that, where he was always pointing out every area where I, was, I didn't see things right, he would be talking to me nonstop. And we could all agree, right? He would, he would be talking to us about where we're missing it all the time. Does he do that to us? Does he hound us about things? He draws us on with love. He encourages us in areas where, where we do see light and he urges us forward, right? He'll speak the truth to us when we're believing something that's not. How many of you know that he sees us not for the situation we're in? He sees us who he's called us to be. Jesus isn't, I don't believe God is nearly as, as apprehensive or uptight about things as we think he is. He knows the beginning from the end. He, he, he knows where we are right now, but he also knows where we're going to be. He, he, he's aware of that. And he's confident that his sacrifice is well enough to get us from where we are to where we need to be. So speaking the truth and love, yeah, we have to stand up for things that are right. But how about this? Speaking the truth and love can also mean declaring the truth of God's word over people. And standing for that and encouraging them in those areas when, there are, when the enemy tries to come to deceive people to not say, no, you're missing it, but just simply speak the truth in love. The truth of love in this situation. What Jesus has done, the reality of what he's really done, speaking those things and encouraging those things. Reminding one another of those things. I don't, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it. This is coming. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Listen, I'm here with you. You can do this. Listen, we're going to believe God together. Why? Because the grace of God is sufficient. You can weather this. You can do it. If Christ, if God be for you, who can be against you? You can, what are you doing? You're speaking the truth in love. You're standing up for what is true and, and, and right. Now, like I said, you know, if, if disciples, we reproduce after themselves. Listen, if, if you've got to be able to take encouragement if you're going to give it to somebody else, right? (laughs) You've got to be willing to accept these things. If you're going to be able to produce it, to give it on to somebody else. Like I said, you are reproducing after yourself. What are you reproducing? Be willing to take encouragement from one another. Don't see it as an insult. 
Not all of us, you know, we'll get into this, but being led, you have to be led in these things. But if the Lord has somebody say something, that's a word of, there, there's a couple of people in here that call me or we talk from time to time and the Lord just said something. And I appreciate those things. They, they, they're a blessing to me. And I listen. I don't just say, oh, that's just something that's heard. I listen. What is, or, Lord, are you talking to me in this right here? Because I, I want to be effective in my encouraging others. I got to be effective in receiving it as well. Right? Speaking the truth in love. May grow up into, into all things into him who is the body. From whom the whole body, that means everyone, whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies. What, what interesting wording he had, knit together by what every joint supplies. Do you realize that for some people, you might be, for, there are people you might be their connection. What do joints do? It connects things, right? It joins things together. Our, our ability and willingness to do that may be the very thing that pulls somebody in and attaches them. From whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share. Notice every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. You know, having a mindset of investing in others is such an important thing. Not just a mindset, but really, listen, what is the produce of our, of our lives? What are we looking to do with our lives? I'm looking to, I'm looking to do what God's called me to do, but part of that is to, is to do what we're talking about tonight. That's what I'm called to do. Well, you're a preacher. Well, it's all of our callings. It's all of our callings to do that. You think, well, I got, I've got problems. I need people to, 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 to invest in me. I need people to do this. You might. You, yes, you might. We all do. But be willing to do that for somebody else. What you sow, you're going to reap. And I will also tell you this. If you will make a determination that you're going to stand for what's, for, for speak the truth in love. Like I said, not, I'm not talking about necessarily just pointing things out that are wrong, but with a, in a positive way or speaking the truth from that thing as far as identifying things, but standing for the truth. Being someone who will be a repeater of the truth of God's word. You, you understand what I'm talking about? Who's holding up a high standard and encouraging those things. Even in the midst of when you're having issues, if you'll do that in an area, you'll be surprised what comes up out of the, out of the inside of you. Just as last, last week or the week before, the Lord put somebody on my heart and, and I hadn't seen this person in a while and I just had been thinking about them. And, you know, after about a day of that, I realized, okay, there's something here. And so I got on the phone. I got my phone out to see if I had their number still. Didn't even know if it had worked anymore. It had been several years. And so I called them up. And when I called, they, they actually began to weep on the phone when I called. And they had been going, they're going through some stuff. And, he, and they don't live here anymore. And they just like, I can't believe that Jesus had you call me. Is it rewarding to do this? Yeah, it's, it's rewarding to be used by God, right? But, I, but so we began to talk and we began to talk about things that are going, and I'll be honest with you, you know, I've been having some questions or some things I'm talking to the Lord myself about. There's some things that, that I, I was needing, I felt like I needed some encouragement in myself, but I had an opportunity to speak the truth to this man. I, it, it is so cool that grace, when it kicks in, stuff just sort of comes up welling up on the inside of you. I realized in the conversation, I answered my own question. 
My own question got answered by my encouragement, my investing, my teaching him to observe all things, my uh, imparting to him. My question got answered in me reaching out to him. When I hung up the phone, I was like, thank you, Jesus, for the opportunity. I'm really thank you. And then also thank you for helping answer that question. What is it? That's the grace of God that's on the inside. When you begin to submit, there's grace there. When you say, you know, I'm going to lay my life down, I'm going to do this. There's grace there that will take care of you as well. So where do I begin? Be a disciple yourself. See the need and be available. Remember what you sow, you reap. Don't wait until you have all the answers. If you wait until that, we'll, it'll all be, we'll all be in heaven by the time we get there. Don't wait until you have all the answers. Develop relationships. Amen. I said develop relationships. You know, we have to be intentional in these things. You do realize that relationships are more than just a how you doing on Sunday morning. A real relationship extends beyond the walls of this church. People need those relationships on Monday just as much as they need it on Sunday morning. Develop relationships. We've got to be intentional about this. It means we have to set aside time to do this. We have to make it a priority. If you don't make it a priority, it just won't happen. You know, being intentional in, in, in discipling or investing, encouraging one another, being intentional. Like I said, you reproduce after yourself. If you're not intentionally reproducing the truth in love, the truth of God's word, you're reproducing something else. Be intentional. Be intentional. Be intentional. Develop these relationships, ones that are centered around Christ and his word. We have a lot of relationships that are out there that, that really Jesus has got no part of. And I'll say there are other things we're interested in. You know, those other things oftentimes are gateways to get to people's heart. There are other things we're interested in as well. Sports. Talk sports. But use it with the, with the intention of developing relationships so you can actually encourage on deeper things and have deeper conversations. You know, I believe the Lord brings people across our paths that we just kind of click with at times. And we enjoy this part of that part. We just click with them. But it's not just because so we can click with somebody. He's looking for us to be able to impart something to them. But you got to be intentional about this. If you're not intentional, it'll just be a, a good friendship or something. You enjoy this part together. But really, it's nothing life-changing. Be intentional on these things. Be ones that are it's centered, on, it's centered on Christ and his word. Or at least you're taking it that direction. You're looking for an opportunity to impart into their lives. Let the Holy Spirit lead you. That is his job after all. You know, like I said, I believe this is something that's extremely important for us as a church. It's extremely important for all of us as believers. Can I just say fellowship is a big part of relationship. You, you, it's going to be hard to invest in somebody if you never spend any time with them. Right? This man I called up on, uh, 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 the other day on the phone. Now, why did the Lord lead me to call him? Is there other people that he knew? Probably other people that could have spoken into his life, I'm sure. But I do know this. When he was here, the Lord had him on my heart, and I spent time with him. 
I can tell you, I didn't spend a ton of time, but I did follow my heart and invest what the Lord, how the Lord directed me. And honestly, I really enjoyed being around him. I came to find out he and I had a ton in common. And I really enjoyed being around him, but I had to follow the leading of the Spirit to do that. Because on the surface, we didn't have anything in common, I thought. How did these years later, when his time, when he's struggling or he's got need in his life, why did he ask me to do it? Part, I, partly, I believe, is because I had done what I needed to do several years ago. Right? To, to get that, that foundation there to where I, have, I had access to speak. I had access to, to minister. I had access to encourage him. Be intentional on these things. Can you all see this? Is, it's an important deal. I, I just want to challenge you. Be open. We live busy lives. We live busy, busy, busy lives, but our busyness is making us ineffective. I know people don't like to hear that, but it's really the truth. Our busyness a lot of times is for the sake of being busy. I've got five minutes. What can I stuff in here? I'll stuff something else in there that then takes on a life of its own. How about going to God? God, is there somebody? Some of you have a, what, what, is there somebody you want me to, to begin to, 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 to fellowship with and to spend time with and get to know and to begin to start helping them and, and encouraging them and, and then receiving encouragement when, when also needed. Be intentional about these things. Listen, I believe that, that good things lie ahead of us. I really do. I believe that, you know, the saying the best is yet to come. I believe it. the best is yet to come. I absolutely believe that. But it's such an important thing that we make this a focus of, of imparting to one another and encouraging one another. I believe this is huge. And, and it's important because Jesus said to do it. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.